Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen here once again, believe it or not, with Joe Sarvati, who's affectionately known as Coach. And if you missed our NBA podcast today, Coach called in on the phone because he's still dealing with intermittent power outages in Dallas, and he's going to do the same again here so we can talk some golf. So, Coach, are you there, and do you want to introduce this fine event we have this week? I would love to. Hello, Andrew. Good afternoon. <laughs> uh, again, reporting from this third, third world country known as Texas with no water, no power, but you know what? We're doing the damn podcast. That's right. To be denied at DFS Coach Talks. So exactly. We are here, and uh, we're going to get this done. A good tournament this week, uh, the Genesis Invitational. It's at the famous Riviera Country Club there in beautiful California. Uh, amazing course that opened in 1926. So they're coming upon their 100th anniversary in a couple of uh, years here. And it is set up as a par 71, 73-22. So a fair distance considering it's a par 71. And, you know, as you look back through the history of this tournament, you do have to have some length, but you, you have to be good on the green. So I know uh, our, our man Andrew is going to have some great stats for us to look at uh, to try to figure this one out. But it is... Uh, a really loaded field. A lot of the big guns are back, like DJ and McElroy. Uh, JT's playing. This big DeChambeau is going to be in there. So I am excited to go over this with you, Andrew. And uh, why don't you start us off here uh, with a little bit of statistical analysis? Sure. So with this... Uh somewhat lengthy par 71 and uh, you mentioned the historical look you know if you look back at previous success here with the rough it's not extremely lengthy rough or the longest uh, course out there but it's penal enough that it really does reward folks who can hit at least a majority of the fairways and and get it onto these putting surfaces so strokes gained tee to green has been a good indicator of success recently. And one of the most fascinating things is if you look up the top 20 players in strokes gained tee to green in this current season, 18 of the top 20 are in the field this week. The only guys who, nice. yeah, the only guys who aren't there are Bern Wiesberger and Ryan Moore. And it is loaded with, Big guns. Some of the best players on tour are ranked the highest in this category. No big surprise, but it is so fun that so many of them are playing this week, and I, I can't wait to watch it. So, you know, going down this list, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through it. Uh, Bryson, Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson, John Rahm, Xander, your man Will Zalatoris, who's probably happy that he's not in the Dallas area. Keegan Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Cantley, Joaquin Neiman, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas. Stop me if you know any of these guys are um, names you haven't heard of because they're all the top-ranked players loaded, in the world. Loaded. I mean, that's yeah. just the top 10. Then we've got, I don't think I've even gotten to Justin Thomas yet, Henley, Morikawa, Rory McIlroy, 
And then here's a cheap option, Harold Varner III, and then Victor Hovland, Hideki Matsuyama, Matthew Neesmith. So that's the top 20, minus the two guys who aren't there. And they're all on their game, uh, strokes gain, tee to green. So here's my big theory for the week, Coach, and tell me if you support it. My, my goal is to get as many of those guys into my lineups as I can. It's pure and simple. That's what I want. So you're looking to, to buy up and then find the value on the backside? Yeah, well, I mean, some of these guys are priced pretty reasonably. And there's a group on uh, DraftKings that I just am really surprised about and excited about. And check out these guys in the 8K range on DraftKings. Bubba Watson, 8,900. I know you're going to give us some uh, course history here with past success, but he's a three-time winner, and he's 8,900. And then right behind him, Joaquin Neiman, who's 88. Victor Hovland, who's 87. Those are three of the guys I just mentioned in the top 20 in this stat in this category. And so you could get guys like that in your lineup and and you feel like you're paying up because they're such big names, but you're really not. I'll tell you what, that, that is compared to the last tournaments that we've gone through the the last month, really. uh, Those were the guys that were the highest price type of level players. And now we're getting almost mid-level pricing uh, it's going to be a really fun tournament to stack up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just kind of perusing the price tags for the guys in that group, they do include all of those big studs who are the most expensive on the slate with the, the shortest odds to win the tournament. And so I am going to avoid a lot of those guys, and we can talk about them during the show. But, you know, Bryson, DJ, Rom. Those guys are very expensive, and so why not get the guys right next to the right next to them in this category, and be able to fill out your roster? Um, a couple of the I love it. yeah, so you know, a couple of the um, higher priced guys in that in that group that I'm considering: Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay. Uh, but I did mention a couple value plays again: Harold Varnell the third, only sixty seven hundred, and the last guy that that was in that group. Matthew Neesmith, he's one of their potential value plays this week at 6,900. He just finished tied for 16th at Pebble Beach and stood out in that category, strokes gained tee to green. So I think we can nice. I think we can get a pretty good start on our lineups by focusing on this group of, of 18 guys. I'll tell you what, it is, it is going to be fun to make that lineup, but I can't wait to hear some of the value plays that you have as well because that, that is the key. You know, last week we did great again. I mean, we've been on a, a hell of a golf roll here. So, knock on wood, man, we keep it going. But, you know, getting those six guys through the cut is so such a key and finding those value plays. And last week, my main builds, I only got five of the six through and still cashed really well. So, can you imagine getting that six guy through? So, I think we'll be able to to not have to go to the bottom of the barrel to fill in those la- that last spot or two since we're going to get some discount pricing here on some of the big guys. Yeah, I agree. And so I didn't I haven't focused quite as much on the deep value plays because we're getting so many of these really good players in the 8K range. Um, so before I get to a couple of the potential value plays that I haven't mentioned, did you want to go over either some odds or some course history? Yeah, I'll hit both of those real quick. Um, 
let me give you the. I'm not going to give you a quiz because you've been scorching me there. So I'm just going to go through some odds real quick. The favorites to win this: Dustin Johnson at five to one. Just boom. I mean, talk about respect. Our you know previous champion, top five finishes. So I get it, but five to one is a little much. Right. Uh, John Rom is eleven. Uh, McElroy is only eleven to one, even though he hasn't won in a while. Shoffley thirteen, Thomas thirteen, Cantley thirteen. Look at these names: Deschambeau fourteen, Finau twenty-two, and Mister Kepka is twenty-two. So that's just the top group. That doesn't include some of the big boys below them, including Bubba Watson, like you said, a three-time winner at thirty-four to one. You gotta love that number. Uh, my buddy Will Zalatoris, I play every week. Fifty-five to one is definitely going to get a couple coach bucks for sure. Um, some of the other guys I want to mention real quickly: uh, Adam Scott is a de- is the defending champ. He plays really well here. He loves this course. Uh, he's another one that that could be a, a decent value play because he's he's a long shot to win it as well. Um, JT has done well here. Rory also. Uh, DeChambeau had a top 10 last year uh, and uh, lo- loves this course as well. Um, Patrick Cantlay is a guy I want to mention. You know, I, I always like Cantlay. And I watched almost, uh, I don't know how many whole, probably two full rounds of his uh, play last week because he was the key guy in my lineup. And, and I watched it on the NBC Sports Gold Package. If you guys don't have that, you should get it. It's awesome. You, it, they cover like the whole tournament. Of, you can watch everybody play. Great scouting uh, deal. But Cantlay was just phenomenal, but he missed a ton of putts. He just, you know, right by the edge. Uh, they peek in, wouldn't go in. And if he could have just putted a little bit better, he, he wins that tournament. So he's dangerous this week. Plus, he went to college three or four miles there uh, away from Riviera Country Club. So he's played Riviera Country Club a bunch. That's his home turf. Uh, and I think he is super, super dangerous. Yeah, I agree. He really seems to play well in Southern California, and he's in a groove right now. And that reminds me, I, I've seen a couple references to how there's a lot of overlap between success in the Masters and success on this course. And so it's no surprise that Bubba has won multiple times in both spots. And Cantlay is always a, a factor in the Masters. And Yeah, and, and Adam Scott, too. Same, same type of scenario. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a guy that I'm, I'm considering paying up for. And by the way, wasn't that a fun finish at Pebble Beach with Berger? Oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, Cantley was right there. Even though he missed all those putts, he was right in that top five. And Berger, who I think was in your FanDuel lineup, um, yeah. he, you know what I just really enjoyed was watching him, first of all, hit that clutch three-wood on 18 and then bury that eagle putt. So what a way to snatch that victory. But then to see the emotion where he's fighting back tears on the green after winning and I was talking to my wife about it. I mean, this is a guy who's already won multiple times on the PGA Tour, has plenty yeah. plenty of money, so he's secure financially. But it, the win is so emotional for these guys 
because they just grind so hard hours and hours, weeks and weeks. And uh, I, I just thought it was refreshing to see uh, a player like that get that emotional. It wasn't even a major. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. He he played so well down the stretch. Like you said, that, that three-wood or whatever it was that he hit to put himself, give himself an eagle putt on, on the 72nd hole, I mean, that, that's just inhuman to be able to hit that shot. It was nuts. And uh, then he drains the putt to win it. <laughs> I, I was going nuts. I, even, I couldn't believe how well he finished there. And uh, he's definitely a guy that, you know, I think is going to have a, a fine season and I'm going to keep my eye on going forward. Definitely. And before I forget, you got you to gotta feel a little bit for Nate Lashley, who was right there in contention and had that one uh, scuffle late on the back nine where he, uh, you know, th- I think it was he three-putted and just made a mess he of that. Four-putted. Was it four-putted? Four-putted. Yeah. Just made a mess and, of that know, hole. Let me, let me say something about Lashley. I watched a lot of that. I think, man, I, I hate to, to call anybody out, but he just was a jerk. I mean, I get you four-putt and you get mad, but if you watched him before that, he was just ornery. He had a, a he was he rude to his caddy. He, he smashed his clubs in there, and that was before the horrific four putt that blew him out of the tournament. So, not a guy that I'm a fan favorite of, just to say. Yeah, um, I you know I I hear what you're saying. Um, he definitely showed his emotions, but uh, in terms of the golf moving forward, you know the the thing that they kept talking about on the telecast uh, over the weekend was how how much of a robot he was with hitting fairways. And yeah. if he can just get back to that and get over the disappointment, you know, this is a chance for him. He's only 7,200 on DraftKings. So, you know, if he can keep most of that current form and forget that, that four putt, then uh, he could be a good value. We will see. I mean, it, it was sad because him acting like a fool like that, smashing his club down and everything, you know, it, it when I looked up uh, the highlights for the golf tournament, it says it right next to each other. It had Berger sinks eagle putt to win, and then it says PGA golfer loses temper. Like it got big headlines. So not only does he have to deal with the mental aspect of blowing it like that, now he's got this negative press and guys like me uh, bagging on him. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Did you have anything else or? Should I continue to the to the next stat? The only other guy I wanted to mention, because I think he's pretty good value, is my man Max Homa, who I play all the time. He played terrific this past week, and he had a top 10 finish here at Riviera last week. So just a guy that I've got circled. Yeah, and you know, uh, he was on my mind when I started doing my research for this week, but the thing that surprised me is in that strokes gain T to green stat, he's 100th on the PGA Tour this wow. season. I really was surprised about that. And so it's a balance for me between that with the fact that he's been playing much better recently. So he is in the mix for me, but I was surprised about that stat. That's a concern. That's why uh, you're my go-to PGA guy here. I'm going to have to think about this one now. Yeah, a couple other notables. Uh, Jordan Spieth is 101st in that stat. So very similar to Homa, bad in terms of the overall ranking for the season, but playing much better recently. Spieth obviously 
is showing signs of his former self with the way that he's been playing the, the last couple of weeks. But then, but that's, that doesn't surprise me though, because I've seen him in stretches where he looks just spraying the ball all over the course. Exactly, you know, it looks like he doesn't have any control. So I'm a big fan of his, though. You know, he's a local boy here. He was. I saw him last year in downtown Roanoke. Here, he was like probably t- uh, 15 minutes from me, and he was in there eating Babe's chicken like everybody else. Just a really good guy. Yeah, so, no doubt. Always him but man is he he definitely has something between the ears there that's not connected right a couple other guys i want to mention in that stat between 20th and 100th kepka is 21st so he's really trending up adam scott who you mentioned is 65th carlos ortiz i was surprised that he's 69th i thought he'd be higher in that stat and then another texan scotty scheffler he's 75th uh Yep. That's not very good. It isn't, and that surprised me. But stay tuned, because let's transition to the other stat that is at the top of my list this week. Par 4 scoring between 450 and 500 yards. We have six of them on this course. So Dustin Johnson, I would assume. Yeah, D- Dustin Johnson can handle that. Um, but that's, that's one of the unique features of this layout, are these six longer par 4s, and part of the reason why... It's only a par 71. They only have three par fives this week. So in this category, I'm just going to list some of the guys in the top 20 who are in this event. And the first guy is a potential value. It's James Hahn, who is the yep, guy we've played a fair amount recently. He's only 7,500 on DraftKings. He's number six in this stat. Highest ranked guy on, the, on that leaderboard who's playing this week. And he did finish 10th in Phoenix a couple weeks ago, missed the cut at Pebble last week, but he's a 2015 champion in this event. Right, right. Continuing, yeah, yeah, so continuing down this list, we have uh, Henley, who I already mentioned on the other list, Bryson, top 10 in both stats, Scotty Scheffler, he handles these long par fours well, so that's where I think he gets back into the mix. Uh, Henrik Norlander, Another potential value play. He's 12th in that stat. He's a, only 7,400. Uh, He's playing good golf. Yes, yeah, exactly. Really Three straight uh, finishes in the top 26, I believe. So nice. you like that. Uh, Justin Thomas is can handle the long par fours. Russell Knox, who was on our clipboard last week, played well at Pebble. Sam Burns. Charles Howell the third. Now, this one's interesting. He is the uh, 2007 champion of this event. He's only 6,800, but he has missed his last two cuts. So not... I'm shocked he's that high on that stat because he's not a super long hitter right anymore. No, he's just... That's pretty impressive. Just just steady enough. And then two more names on this list. Brendan Steele who is 7,100 this week on DraftKings, and then Siwoo Kim, who also won earlier this season but missed the cut last week. He's 7,700. So there are a few mid-tier guys on this list who I think get a a bit of a bump and could help you balance out a lineup. Very nice. All right, Coach, um, any other uh, areas of interest that you want to hit on? Uh, before we wrap up this week, no, I think that's good. I mean, I, the the bottom line is, 
you know, the, the bill and, uh, you know, uh, figuring out if you're going to stick with that mid-level or if you're going to buy up for one of the big dogs. I mean, to me, it's, you know, do you pay for Dustin Johnson or John Rom, or, you know, do you, do you try to uh, get more of an even build, which there's a lot of good, uh, good players in that mid-range, and then hopefully just shuffle in a couple of these uh, slight value plays without having to go to the bottom of the barrel. I think that's probably the winning formula. I think, uh, you know, it's going to take probably two or three minimum of the guys, of those 20 or 25 that, that you mentioned early on, uh, and then just filtering in the rest and make, making sure we get everybody through the cut. But I look forward to the tournament. It's, it's going to be better weather than it was last week at Pebble, so it'll be a little bit more fun to watch. And they can score well here. It's... Now, they've hosted a few U.S. Opens, and they let the rough grow out. It's pretty brutal, but not for this tournament. You know, it'll be fair. You can spray it a little bit and get away with it, and uh, it's a gorgeous course. Can't wait to watch. Yeah, you know, I've got a, a couple other thoughts here. One of them is that I do think it's very important to watch here because we've got all the top guys really starting to get into that final groove and get everything ironed out before the masters. And, you know, we got to mention um, Bryson DeChambeau really quickly because he's so high up in these stats, but he hasn't, he's only played once on American soil since the masters. And he's been, wow. you know, tinkering with his game. And so we just don't know exactly where he's at. So he's one of the guys that I'm going to lay off of this week and just see, you know, what form he's in. But uh, and I'm really excited about this opportunity to watch all these guys very closely and, you know, start to get ready for the Masters. And, uh, you know, in terms of my strategy, I want to get your feedback on this. I am thinking about playing, a, you know, a little bit more of a mix of cash games this week, which in golf, I usually don't do as much. Um, I usually do that more in, in basketball and football. But I, I feel a little bit better about picking six guys who I feel really good about making the cut this week as opposed to, uh, you know, some other weeks. And so uh, that's where I think I might focus a little bit more on my action this week. I don't blame you. And I'll tell you, if, uh, if you're going to uh, play a little more cash, like I, I play mostly cash, really in golf, DraftKings is just the king. I mean, they're the best. You can get in some great cash games on DraftKings, whereas – with FanDuel, it's a little more limited, and certainly on Yahoo, it's even much more limited than that. But uh, yeah, if you're if you're feeling good about getting six guys through, and uh, you're wanting to pump up the cash play, I would recommend DraftKings. Excellent. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And uh, for those who are a little bit newer to our program and what we do, we have a heavy focus on cash games, uh, slowly building the bankroll. And so every slate, we give out cash lineups. And in golf, we do the same on FanDuel. We give out the cash lineup for the full tournament here on Wednesday. So jump in with us tonight if you'd like. Uh, if you want to join, go to DFSCoachTalk.com, pick up one of our memberships, and they all cover all the sports. So if your focus is golf, you're going to get the golf lineup, but you also get our NBA lineups every night for every slate. So it's a, it's a terrific package. And then in addition to the GP or the cash lineup, we also give the full GPP lineup on 
uh, FanDuel, and then the coach's clipboard on DraftKings, which is designed for cash contests and GPPs. We give out some core plays there and a bunch of pivots. So any final thoughts there, Coach? Yeah, uh, if, if you would, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please take a second, hit the thumbs up, uh, hit the uh, a little alarm button in the corner that alerts you whenever one of our podcasts uh, posts, and then certainly subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel. We really, really appreciate that, and uh, we're just looking to crush it here. We're, we're excited. I just got to get power back. So I can watch all this golf, man, and and uh, basketball. We're ready to go. That's right, we are. So if you if you missed the NBA podcast, make sure to check that out. And we we do appreciate all of your support. So uh, please do join us again tomorrow as we continue our seven day a week coverage of the NBA. And of course, we'll be back next week with more PGA. So on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.